My name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips, success strategies, and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now, please do like, share, and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening, and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. My guest today is Laura Walker. Now, she is the commercial director at Apollo Home Healthcare. It's a company that she helped to set up in 2014, and it's since grown to a turnover of 18 million, employing over 100 permanent staff and 500 frontline healthcare colleagues. Now, Laura's earlier career was in recruitment, and she certainly knows a thing or two about people. Laura, this is our second attempt at the podcast because we had technical issues on the first one. So I'm so grateful to you for doing this again and putting yourself through it. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. It's really lovely to have you again. And I'm I'm looking forward to hearing whether your answers have changed since last time we spoke. Um, But as you know, we're going to start with the shake your pom-poms moments. And I'd really love it if you could share with us, please, your three proudest moments so far. Okay, so I think this is harder than I thought it would be. But um, I've kind of narrowed it down to three. So the first one, I think for me, was uh, gaining my degree because I think uh, I came from quite a working class background um, and none of my kind of immediate family had ever kind of been to uni. So it's quite a big thing, really. And um, so, so kind of that decision to go and do it I put quite a lot of pressure on myself and I had quite a clear idea what I wanted to do but um but yeah so so kind of actually getting that and I think I I wasn't very academic really um studying's never really come naturally to me I'm more practical and I want things to be tangible so kind of uh, sitting in a classroom and doing exams wasn't really me so um you know I failed my A-levels so actually getting to uni and achieving that was was quite a massive thing really. I bet it was. What was the degree in? It was in, um, I love saying this, it it was in expressive English and education studies. So uh, back then, to be a teacher. So Brilliant. So you you failed your A-levels. I mean, it's brilliant that you're you're able to talk about that as well. And that happens to so many people that, that I talk to all of the time. And then actually we're able to go on and get that cap and gown in in something that can't have been easy expressive English doesn't sound like it was an easy um, subject so massive shake your pom-poms moment there what about the other two so the second one I think was the birth of my daughter because I think it because obviously it wasn't on my priority list I had three stepchildren first um wow. I kind of then went on to kind of want my own um my own child so um and I suppose at points it didn't I didn't think it was necessarily going to happen 
so 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 yeah for me it's like an amazing moment and obviously now you know she's six going on 14 and you know she she just amazes me every day really you know, with what she has to say so so watch out world really <laughs> <laughs> Betsy's coming at you she's an absolute joy and I guess you know that would be interesting for us to pick up later in the conversation about how you balance being a mum and and running this successful business that that you are part of because I'm sure that's not easy so we'll definitely pick up on that later my last one and this this was hard to choose but I think um, my last one was I think uh, in January we had a five-year celebration so uh, of the start of Apollo Home Healthcare and obviously uh, I was kind of a founding member and I kind of started the business when I was kind of off on maternity so it wasn't really kind of uh, the best of timing for me I suppose (laughs) And um, and obviously uh, that started with like myself and two very like-minded people really. And to stand in that room in January and kind of see all those people. And we had our own room. It was kind of mostly the permanent employees, not the frontline staff. But we're kind of talking kind of around the 70 of us who kind of attended from mm. all of our different offices, kind of because we've got offices across kind of England. And, and just standing there and thinking, wow, you know, um, all of these people and seeing kind of what we've achieved really but not just what I've achieved but also kind of how far we've come and and kind of the passion in the room Uh, we did like an award ceremony we did some you know fun ones but we also did some you know some really focused business ones on growth Mm -hmm. and it was just really amazing to be to be part of that really because obviously we set out to you know as three like-minded people and we wanted you know we built a family really and and whilst it's got bigger you know it just felt like it was an extended family and everyone you know was everyone in the room was you know bought into that and so yeah so it's a bit of an emotional moment really I suppose as well. I bet it was and, and something to be hugely proud of it cannot be easy to build a business from nothing to you know the size of the business that you have now and and the complex cases that you you work with every day and and so you know I love the I love the fact you've just made that throwaway comment of yeah yeah and I started the business whilst on maternity leave um, so I'm really keen to understand more about how you do that but also if you can just kind of take us on a, a bit of a journey through your career so that we've got an understanding of, as to how you've got to where you are. So as I said earlier, I obviously started with a very clear kind of idea in mind. I wanted to be a teacher and I researched it and I knew exactly what I had to do. Hence the reason I had to do those horrid A-levels. And um, and, and I went off on my journey to do that. Um, and unfortunately, at the time I kind of got my degree, it kind of turned out that there was a lot going on personally. And, and, and it kind of just wasn't the right time to go on and do my PGCE. So I very much at that point sat back and thought, well, what do I do now? You know, what can I do? What have I got the skills to do? And at that point, all of my experience had been within the hospitality industry. So basically, I joined Pizza Hut. So um, I've heard a few of your podcasts, we've heard some McDonald's, but now I'm kind of flying the flag for Pizza Hut. So uh, I joined as a deputy designate manager, which is like a graduate scheme. So I I started in one of their Wolverhampton uh, branches um, and basically learned from the ground up and, and became a deputy manager and opened a new store. 
So it's very hands-on, very customer-focused, um, you know, and everything that hospitality is really, I suppose. Uh, but I suppose really that was my first taste of management. And so kind of, you know, we had about 50 team members, very much shift managing, but also, you know, dealing with payroll and HR and mm-hmm. appraisals and that kind of thing, really. So that's when I kind of got my first sniff of, of management. And then I kind of did uh, went on, did some holiday repping, came home, didn't go back to pizza and tried retail a little bit, but found out that folding jumpers wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> and and then and then really kind of um, I suppose blagged my way into recruitment because I'd heard it was quite a good place to be and you could earn quite a lot of money. So I kind of did a lot of research on it and went to a couple of companies went through an interview process and managed to get my first consultant role, really. Um, And I'd never worked in an office, so it was a bit novel, really, to be honest. Back before computers, where we just had a box (laughs) of canvassing calls and everything, so... So yeah, I bet you'd be so, brilliant at that. Yeah, well, I don't think I was very brilliant to start with, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but um, I just got on the phone and asked whether anyone got any jobs. Really, I think that's what I did for the first six months. But yeah, so after that, I moved to Reed, which was obviously more of a national. Um, now and I suppose uh, what I got from Reed was that big corporate company a lot of structure a lot of training um, a lot of like room to be able to develop really so within Reed I had quite a few roles obviously at consultant level um, I went into their training team and then I also uh, moved into management there before um, before I left really so I suppose I was somebody who got bored quite quickly and wanted to move on to the next thing and I suppose Reed and and my um, the next company allowed me to do that, really. Um, I think what I did do at that junior end is I was very much a sponge and I saw knowledge as power. I was very much about kind of, you know, understanding the wider business because I'd never really been in this world before. So it was very much about kind of understanding, well, what does that mean? Um, and I'm a little bit nosy anyway, so but it kind of went beyond that, really. It kind of was, you know, well, how does that work and how does it all fit together? So, and then we hit recession, really, in recruitment. So it went from flying high and earning lots of money to kind of, you know, not the place to be, really. So um, that's when I moved into healthcare about 10 years ago, working for a business called Advantage Healthcare at the time. And again, like Reed, I kind of got, I had a journey there. So I, I very much started uh, as a registered manager, managing a service and um, and then moved on to more project roles and, and then on to head of sales. So, I mean, healthcare for me was nothing I'd ever known. It, was, uh, it wasn't something that was natural. Um, a lot of people say, you know, oh, you know, like people who work in care and nursing that, that, you know, they were just born to do that. But for me, I had to kind of go out and find out about that area and, and go into people's homes and meet these people we look after. And it became very real, really. Mm. You know, when you when you kind of go and meet um, a service user who's had a road traffic accident and, and you're going to provide the care that's going to make their life a whole lot better. So um, so it very much hits you that. That isn't my natural mm. bit. I'm very much more comfortable with a kind of, you know, a meeting with a commissioner or, a, um, you know, a sales kind of bid rather than doing that. But I think seeing that side of it and being involved in that, the front end has, has really softened me, I think, greatly. Um, there must so, be a huge amount of responsibility that goes with that because you're not just selling a commodity or even just a service at one level. You're selling something that that is really going to make a difference to somebody's life. And and the responsibility that you shoulder as a senior leader within that must be huge. How do you cope with that? 
I think what you've got to always remember is that you're trying to make their life better and it's really personal. And when you go out to kind of meet those people, um, you know, I remember, I'm thinking about a little boy in, you know, QMC, you know, and I met his parents and it's, it's just about being real and not promising things that you can't do, but trying to do everything you can to make those best quality outcomes for that person. So treat them like that you're, they're your son or your mum and dad or so I think, you know, when I meet them, they come to life. And I think I often come back because I work in like a central office. I often come back to central office and I talk to payroll and I talk to recruitment and I go, this is what we're doing. We're trying to get yeah. this little guy out. We're trying to discharge him. We need to get him home before Christmas. And we all play a part in that, even if it's not on the front line. So, so and I think that's about bringing us together and understanding what, you know, why are we, why are you, why are we doing that? You know, I mean, why is processing that timesheet really important or getting on and putting some interviews in for that package? It could, because it's all about that little boy in hospital who just wants to get home. So connecting all of the different moving parts of the business, but bringing it back to that compelling reason why this is. I love that, you know, getting that little boy home before Christmas. I mean, who wouldn't feel passionate about making that happen and I guess that's the beauty of of what it is that you do and and you know if we then talk about how you moved into Apollo Home Healthcare and you know that that lovely comment about I did it when I was on maternity what how did that work talk to us about it well um my previous boss the MD of Advantage Healthcare and we actually went on to sell the business to a big corporate company and and he left the business and and we kept in touch I and mean, he just contacted me while I was literally on maternity and said uh, you know do you fancy doing this but doing it better and doing it kind of you know our way so it was an amazing opportunity and I, I was just beaming I remember yeah. sitting in Costa Coffee thinking you know this is going to be amazing and uh, yeah so that's where it all started and then also M- Michelle uh, who I work with as well she um, she also worked for Advantage and we started it together really and I think we all had very different skill sets so, you know, Bill's very much a financial genius, his modelling and his spreadsheets. And then um, and then Michelle's a bit of an operational genius. And, and then I fit somewhere in the middle of that, really. So I think, <laughs> yeah, if that's where it all began. And obviously we'd worked together, you know, we'd all, we, we knew the sector. And it was very much about building something that was just about, you know, delivering a really excellent service and doing it really well. So, yeah. And I know you reasonably well. And one of the things that I know about you is you have this ability to be able to pivot and bounce back really effectively. And you mentioned it right at the start, actually, where you're talking about wanting to be a teacher and it wasn't the right time. So you looked at, well, what can I do? So you've got this real kind of can do um, attitude about you that that comes through everything that you do. I'm interested to to understand more about how you've been shaped so you know what are the lessons that you've learned along the way that have helped you to be as successful as you are so I think in terms of my lessons I think um, it's about focusing on you and focusing on your journey and not others I think in my kind of younger years I spent a lot of time comparing myself professionally and personally really and and worrying about kind of what people think so I think you know one of my biggest lessons there is you know you you just got to focus on you and you've got to do it you've got to do what you've got to do really the other thing is about kind of having it all and I think you have the ability to create um, the life you want and and I think you can have it all but 
But the thing about that is my all is different to somebody else's all. Uh, so it isn't, you know, it isn't about being greedy or arrogant. It's, it's very much about kind of saying, well, that, that's what I've got set my sights on. And actually, how am I going to, you know, to do that? And I think in my experience of this, it's very much when I had Betsy and I, and I kind of chose to take on this senior leadership role and go back to work full time. That's when kind of, you know, it's about that balance and it's about that mom guilt and it's about, you know, kind of trying to do everything and be everything to everyone, really, but not beating yourself up in the process. And that could be the same for somebody who worked part time or somebody who didn't work at all, because that's what you're choosing. And it's about finding that balance, really. And I think over the last kind of six years of having Betsy, it's about not beating myself up and also finding what that balance is, you know mm. what I mean, and what works for us, um, as in myself, my husband and the family, really. I love that. So this idea of staying in your own lane and not being drawn into, you know, the, the paths of other people because it might look most shiny, but also this idea of you can have it all when you determine what it all means, um, and again, not using other people's map for what having it all means. But then I guess that, you know, you, you made that comment in quite a throwaway way in terms of, you know, not being influenced by what other people think. But that's actually the hardest part, isn't it, in terms yeah. of not listening to the feedback or the judgment or, you know, how dare you go to work when you've got a little girl at home, that sort of thing. So so that's the most difficult part of what you've just said. How do you manage that, the, the letting go of people's judgment or opinion? I think I've just I think I've just been more focused on on us really and the family has been really important and and so it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks and I think everyone has to make their own decisions don't they you know I think of like kids going back to school on the first of June you know everyone has to make their own decision don't they and what's right for me might not be right for my next door neighbor or my friend's little girl yeah. so I think uh, it is it is about you know and I think the other thing for me is it's the support network so you know you've got to look at what is achievable so your the all has to be balanced on well what what can be done and I I've got that. a fantastic support network so you know you know great husband and parents and in-laws that you know ensure you know my little one is you know is fully catered for really whilst I'm you know traveling up and down the country at some times so yeah, yeah. So that idea of when you're hearing the noise, when you're hearing the judgment, shine the light back in on you and your family and, and decide whether it feels OK for you. And if it does, you know that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Stay in your own lane. I love that. And and what about adversity? Because um, we've talked about lessons, but, you know, I, I've got this hunch that the more more people I speak to, adversity is the thing that helps us to come back stronger. So what have you faced into during your life that has really shaped the individual and, and how you think and how you show up? I think adversity for me has really been a driver. It's kind of that kind of that kind of scenario where you want to say, well, if you're going to tell me I can't do it, then I, I just will like 10 times <laughs> over. So kind no. of a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I think personally, I think there's kind of uh, some, you know, my kind of, I don't have a relationship with my dad. And I think some of that drives me in terms of proving myself, even though I don't have anything to do with him. There's an underlying, well, I'm going to show you, I don't need you. And then I think I've had people along my journey who, um, like regional type people, when I've been at different levels, who've been not really that interested in me and so, and not really that kind of uh, complimentary about my skills. Mm-hmm. So I think I've, I've, I've kind of, I've, I found that difficult at the time because I was a very much a jazz hands and I want to be liked. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're kind of like, they, they kind of didn't celebrate my successes. It was in somebody else's face fit somewhere. So I, I suppose really I haven't let that kind of stop me. And I've, I've kind of wanted to prove them, prove them wrong. And I have really, you know, so that's, that's quite satisfying, rightly or wrongly. <laughs> Yeah, totally. That that kind of idea that, you know, over the over the time you've not been everybody's cup of tea as, as much as you've wanted to be, but actually you've learned to let that go and just drive your your behaviours, drive what you're achieving to kind of have the last laugh, I guess. Yeah, and I think the other thing is when bad things happen in life, work's always been my salvation. It's been the thing that kind of like, you know, stays the same and you just put your head down and you focus on it and you do it. And actually everything else that's going on, you know, uh, behind the scenes or at home, you just kind of like, you know, you go back and you deal with that at the end of the day, really. So uh, so I think work's always been the place that, you know, safe place, really. Yes, the salvation. And, and so, well, let's just talk about that for a little bit then. So stress at work, pressure at work as a senior leader. I am sure there is no escape in that sometimes. So how do you deal with that? And how do you make sure that you identify that in your team members as well and help them? Yeah, it's one of my questions in interviews this is, are you an outward stressor or an inward stressor? Because I'm actually, yeah, I'm a bit of an outward stressor, really. I'm a bit of a flapper sometimes. I probably shouldn't <laughs> say that because obviously leaders aren't flappy, aren't they? At all. But, um, Not but at I think, all. I think um, it's great that you say that. Yeah, I'm very much an outward stressor. But um, I think how I manage, I mean, I, I thrive from pressure. I'm somebody who has a deadline. Um, and whilst I'll start it three weeks before, I will like be there at the last minute or the last yeah. hour, kind of still doing things really. Um, so I have to try and manage myself with that now, maybe give myself a false deadline so it, so it doesn't run out over. <laughs> um, and I think back in my days when I didn't have a child of my own, I very much manage the stress and the pressure by kind of working very silly hours, really, and yeah. kind of overcompensating. So doing the day job when everyone went home, really, and focusing mm-hmm. stuff on. But now I have to be more balanced about things because obviously I, I want to go home and be mom, uh, you know, and do all that stuff. So, so, so yeah. So for me, it's about being open about your stress, really, and and and, and escalating that, and kind of, you know, I encourage that within my teams because if I don't know about it and I can't see it then I can't help and support that team you know that team with it really so you're encouraging people to kind of speak out and and let you know and, and you're happy to do that as well so that plays into vulnerability I guess and and everybody has a different um, meaning of vulnerability but what's yours I think vulnerability is 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 kind of having a voice and and that voice being yours 
I think I've been faced with lots of times when I'm trying to be somebody I'm not. I think, you know, my accent and the fact that I'm a woman and I'm, I'm kind of in my 30s, I've experienced kind of situations where I'm trying to be something I'm not really uh-huh. and, and feeling that that's what a leader looks like or that's, that's what a director is. Uh, and also kind of making jokes of that. So, you know, oh, I'm not really sure what, what that means or, you know, oh, I'm the, I'm the, I'm this title, but more like kind of almost making a joke of that really because of my own insecurities mm. in the past. So, so I think it, I think vulnerability for me now is being me and, and kind of, and, and kind of being open and, and not feeling I've got to be, you know, have a, a better accent or, 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 or use words or articulate things in a certain way because actually um, I'm still credible in what I do um, and, and the journey I've been on really. So it plays into that self-belief bit, doesn't it? I mean, we've heard this so many times now on the podcast where people have got to that realisation that they don't have to be somebody that they're not, you know, and and role modelling is a great thing, but actually not when it becomes who you are and you're trying to show up differently. So you've what you're saying there is you've got to the place where you're comfortable with who you are and your insecurities and you show up as you and and do the best that you can and and continually grow I guess as well yeah absolutely so what do you do to grow you know what do you do to develop yourself and and keep moving forward I think um, in terms of my growth in general, it goes back to a little bit of what I've said earlier. I think I've always kind of been somebody who wants to know more, kind of wants to know the intricate detail. And I think in my role now, I've, I've had the pleasure of being able to be involved in so much, you know, that I wouldn't have been involved in, in a non-setup business, really. So mm. I'm what you call a jack of all trades, really. And I do get over-involved in those kind of things because I'm interested <laughs> and I want to gain knowledge, really. So I think it's been amazing journey being able to do that really with Apollo Home mm. Healthcare but now going back to being much more focused in my areas really but I think I'm really you know I think ongoing professional development is important so I've got some aspirations and goals you know for the future and and obviously now we're in the process of building a structure underneath me so developing those managers underneath me to allow my role to become more strategic really yeah. and allow that you know um, allow that role to develop really I suppose. Yeah and you've been able to grow other people as well which I know that you'll be passionate about so it'd be nice to see how that plays out now we're at that point in the podcast Laura where we play the five second game room and I put you under the pressure to give me three answers to a question within five seconds are you ready feeling the pressure (laughs) even though I've done this before (laughs) three different questions you can guarantee so are you ready we're gonna go with Laura, in the five second game rule, can you give me three things that you can do to perk up your mood? Gin and tonic, a walk with a dog, um, a call with one of my friends. Boom. <laughs> I love the fact that a walk in the do- with the dog is in there because you've just got yourself a puppy, haven't you? Yes, I have, yet. Gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, definitely that. And, and the gin and tonic, why not? That's from a non-drinker, but I'll take the tonic. And um, let's go with another one. Let's do in the five-second game rule, can you give me three things that you take to a desert island? My uh, phone, uh, my laptop, and, oh, my goodness, um, a, a book. I don't know what book. And a book. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's looking at me as if to say, oh my God, am I saying these things? I should I love have ready fact... for that. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that you're not switching off whilst on the desert island. <laughs> I could get my emails done, I was thinking, yeah. Absolutely, why not in the sunshine? <laughs> okay, and then... We're on to the killer question. I can't wait to see what you're going to say for this one. And the, the big question, and everybody answers this differently, which, I, which is why I think it's so fascinating. In your mind, what's the absolute secret to success? I think for me on my journey, it's just been about real hard work and grit and determination and not allowing people to close doors for you. So just really working hard. Oh my God, I love that statement, not allowing people to close doors for you. Yeah, because I think in my earlier years, I was a little bit like, I was one of those annoying people who wanted a promotion. And (laughs) I think eventually people just gave into it really. I was a bit outspoken. So it's kind of like, you know, sometimes, especially if you're listening, you're not in a management capacity, you've got to kind of push through those barriers and you've got to Mm. make yourself seen. Because if there's lots of people that do that, what you do, how do you stand out? So I've often had, you know, um, meetings with my boss, you know, my boss now back in the day saying, well, I don't want to do this anymore. And if you don't give me another another role or another opportunity, then you're going to lose me. I'm off. (laughs) <laughs> and that's really direct and that's me all over as you know Angela but I think like because of uh, because I've pushed and asked those questions it's opened up other doors and other opportunities and other choices really so that's been amazing but I think you know you've got to put the work in I think whether it's professionally or personally if you don't put the work in you can't you can't expect to be a toppy game totally agree so this this idea of hard work can't emphasize it enough really because it doesn't happen by osmosis, does it? For, for so many people, there are some people out there that have the look of the drawer and, and things seem to land at their feet. But for most of us, we have to put in the graph to go after the goals that we have. So I love the way that you've articulated that. In fact, I've just loved speaking to you today, Laura. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been so full of nugget. You know, this this idea of pivoting and finding what you can do when there's a barrier put in your way. And, and you know, then the, this idea of not letting people close doors for you is that kind of relentless grit that I know that you have. And that's clearly what you need in order to be able to build a business from scratch to the level of success that you're seeing today. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for coming on and have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.